The information on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a qualified licensed professional counselor or a qualified licensed medical provider. Welcome back to another session of the Evolving Chair Podcast with your host, Lakeisha, licensed professional counselor. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Pastor Cornelius Lindsay of the Gathering Oasis Church. He is an author and a speaker, and he is the husband to the beautiful Heather Lindsay, and he has two beautiful children. And again, you know, I am so grateful that you said yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So before um, I dive into the session with my wonderful guests, I like to do icebreakers, you know, to warm us up Mm -hmm. and things like that. And so my icebreaker Mm -hmm. for you, Pastor Lindsay, is what quote would you define your life as that you live by? Oh. Or motto or whatever. Hmm. Probably live fearlessly. Mm, I like that. Live fearlessly. Yeah, live fearlessly. Most of my life, um, most of my life really embodies uh, those two words. Um, and um, I can honestly say that it's those two words that, that even now really carries me, even carries me on into the, to the next days of my life. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love that, though. I love that. And now tell us, tell us your story. How did you get to where you are, where you are an author, a speaker, a pastor? Um, you you founded um, a conference called the Man Cave Conference. So so tell us, tell us how, you know, I don't I don't know if you always wanted to be a pastor or author from you because he didn't he didn't like being around people and and he was shy, um, just uh, very insecure with himself. Uh, as a child, I stuttered mm-hmm. a lot. So, it, yeah, I was very insecure about that. Didn't I, I hated to speak in public. Uh, I didn't like eyes to be on me. I didn't feel like I was that that smart, didn't feel like I was that intelligent. Uh, but, you know, growing up, things just began to change. I felt like God's hand was just kind of on me from the time of my youth until the time of adulthood. Uh, I, I uh, came to the knowledge of the truth after trying to find myself and trying to find identity and other things. Specifically, uh, I ran over into... I was baptized into the Mormon Church, the Church of Latter-day Saints, trying to find myself there. And also, because I was in college at the time, and they gave free pizza on Mondays. <laughs> and um, I thought it was a good time to eat pizza. <laughs> and uh, then after that, you know, I started chasing um, Satanism, and mm. and I started reading about dictators and and, uh, and started transcribing speeches from from world leaders. And just, I was very... I was very engrossed with uh, with oratory, and it didn't matter at that time, you know what or what what order it was. I just I enjoyed listening to speeches. I enjoyed listening to it in my spare time, and because I I stuttered and I couldn't get words out like I wanted to, I would just sit there and I would listen to different speeches. You know, John F. Kennedy uh, inauguration speech, of course, Martin Luther King Jr. Um, Margaret Thatcher, Barbara Jordan of, mm. of, uh, of Texas, um, uh, Shirley Chisholm. I, I would just, I would be, I would just listen uh, 
to speeches, and it was in ni- uh, 1992, well, 19, it was 92, mm-hmm. uh, when Bill Clinton was being uh, inaugurated into office as president. I looked at that at the screen, and I said, I want to do that one day. I didn't know what he was doing, wow. but I wanted to do that. I wanted to be at that place, and I wanted to do what he was doing. I even found out he was becoming president, and I said, okay, I want to go into politics. So I mm-hmm. started dibbling and dabbling into politics. I tried to run for office on four separate occasions. Turns out God said no. Um, eventually, taking me up into college, I dropped out of uh, college after I came to the knowledge of the truth of Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I believe God told me to leave. I also mm-hmm. believe he told me to, to choose him, and, and he would teach me everything I needed to know. I was hungry for him. And uh, I left college about two years later. About a year later, I got a job working at a church. I worked there as a church pastor assistant for about four years. In that, uh, in that time period, I met my, my now wife. We got married. Um, I resigned from the church. I moved to Mississippi with my wife for about a year and a half. I spent that time praying and studying, moved back to Atlanta, Georgia, uh, we opened up the church, mm-hmm. and um, my wife and I, my wife started a women's organization called Pinky Promise. I started an organization called the Man Cave Society, which was originally called The Oath. And then we started hosting conferences, and then people started to try to invite us to come and speak. And I was confused by it because I was like, well, I don't think I got anything worthwhile to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they just kept inviting us back. So <laughs> that's just kind of no, that's kind of the short story as to yeah. how we got how how I got to this point here. I believe it's just all by God's grace because I definitely didn't plan any of it. Yeah, yeah. And I want to talk a little bit about because you said um, you wanted to go into politics. So did you feel like mm-hmm. that was a passion of yours at that time? You know what I what I looking at my life now. It's so, it's so interesting you asking that question because. Uh, I was here recently, probably over the last three or four months, I have, I've, I've been sitting down in prayer and just really asking God, God, define my purpose. Mm. Uh, I think that is one of the most important things that people on earth search for. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, God, I know I'm doing all of these things, but, but specify for me exactly what my purpose is, because I like politics. Mm-hmm. And I sat down and I thought, you know, what is it about politics that I love? What drew me to it in the first place? And it wasn't the committee meetings because I don't like going to them. It wasn't wasn't the legislation because I don't care to deal with all of that stuff. It was the it was the oratory. It was it was it was being it was seeing that person rise to rise to the occasion to give the speech that would somehow transcend the audience inside the chamber that will go far beyond from the White House to the person who lived down in down in the yellow house in the countryside where somebody was able to communicate a message and a vision so that other people can hear. Mm-hmm. And and I thought, you know, I, I, I for most of my life I kept saying I love politics, which in actuality I love to speak. Mm. And then looking at the giftings that God gives and the offices he gives, I'm a preacher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought, well, politics isn't what I loved. It was so much of me being able to see other people come alive with truth. Mm-hmm. And that's through oratory. And that's through any other, any other nonverbal communication. That brings on books and, and, other, mm-hmm. and everything else. So um, to answer your question, to go back to that, is it was politics what I love? 
not necessarily. It's, it was more so the older tour. I still like to keep up with it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of it, you know, I, I don't. I, I can't say I really love it. Mm, okay. Okay. I'm I'm glad you said that. Um, and and since we're talking about you know just passion and purpose, and you know people are constantly seeking out what is their purpose. Is there a real difference between the two of a purpose and a passion? I know for me, I have like my own definition. And when Mm -hmm. I think of the two, I think they are separate. So for me, when I think of purpose, you're destined to do it. So it's like you can try and run Mm -hmm. from it, but it'll always show up in some kind of form or way Mm -hmm. um, to pull you back to that direction versus passion. Yeah, I can be passionate about Um, being an educator but that doesn't necessarily mean that I will be a teacher or within that realm Mm -hmm. well I I believe that the two are I believe the two are within the same family Mm. Um, and I I, and I I also believe that that if you have one you're going to have the other yes Uh, and I also believe that passion passion is that is that is the seed that is planted on the inside of you at the birth of salvation it is it is when when you come i believe you come to the knowledge of the truth of jesus christ then then that that seed is then able to able to be watered it's able to mature and then the holy spirit begins to work on that thing and that passion begins to grow on the inside of you to the point that now it becomes the purpose that you live out your life um a lot of our passions, a lot of our passions, are skilted and they and they and they're they're, they're led in the wrong direction mm. because, as the scripture says, we come forth from our from our mother's world, born into sin. We already have a bend towards sin, and our our passion has not has not been drenched in the blood of Christ. It has not been drenched in righteousness. Therefore, we seek after the world's passions, thinking that we're fulfilling purpose. But God says, well, come unto me, all those who labor, I'm going to give you rest, and I'm going to make it so that, as Scripture says, that now that now the yoke is easy and the burden is light. Mm-hmm. And the yoke that he's making easy is the passion that he gives you. Mm-hmm. And the burden he's making light is the purpose that he, it, it, the burden he's making easy is the is the purpose that he gives you. So now you have you have a passion that, that it almost, it consumes you wake up thinking about it you're mm-hmm. hungry for it mm-hmm. you, you're willing to give up everything to go and get it but if it's if it's of the world then it doesn't it doesn't uh it doesn't accumulate to anything it it, it like i tell people it stops at the grave mm. but if it's a passion that's born of god and if it's a purpose that's filled with uh with with only those things which he can fill it with and and glorifies his body and glorifies him then it takes it beyond the grave into eternity and as the scripture says then one day we stand before the lord jesus christ we should give an account of all these things that we have done in the body then he will now he will now judge us based upon the purpose by which we lived our life you did this because this is where I assigned you to mm-hmm. the only reason why you have a lord is so the servant can do the job the only mm-hmm. reason why you have a father and so the son and the daughter can do the job of the one who assigned it to them. Mm. So, uh, you know, th- those th- it's, it's, I-, I love that passion. I can go all day long. I'm going <laughs> to stop my skin, but it's, it, 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 it fills me up. But I do believe the two are in the same family, and I believe that you have to have one with the other. Mm. 
And now what 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 about those instances? Because um, I and I'm thinking of, you know, my own personal um, journeys with mm-hmm. trying to figure out what what am I destined to do? God, what have you called me here to do? And, and I find myself at times I have a passion for something, but it's like not a motivation behind it for me to like pursue it out. But when um I find that thing where, like you said, you, you just wake up thinking about it and you're trying to do everything you can um, um, to let it grow. It's a difference. So how, how can people uh-huh. not get confused with um, maybe not having both of them intertwined, if you understand what I'm asking? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is this what I, I think is the best way that I, I feel like I can answer the question. Um. Life, life is almost like, I like to attribute life to how I like to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, reason why I love to run is because it allows for me to, to really uh, center my life in many ways. Mm-hmm. When I run, I can keep going and going and going because I, I have, I, I'm not thinking about my goal. Mm. All I'm thinking about is one foot in front of the other. I'm just telling myself to just keep going. Just the next foot, the next foot, the next foot. Just mm-hmm. keep going. The next foot. Don't slow down. Just keep going. Because eventually you'll get to the goal. Mm-hmm. Now, I say that to say <clears throat> there are times in our lives by which some people, they stumble upon the purpose that God has for them. Because throughout life, life is like a journey. Mm-hmm. I believe that when God, when we pray to God, God may not necessarily give you the full answer then. But what mm-hmm. God will give you is he'll give you the journey to figure out exactly what it is that you want. So like, like you mentioned, you said, okay, well, I have a passion for this, and this is the thing I keep waking up about. God keeps waking like, up. For, for instance, I have, a, I have a young man I've been talking to, and, and he, has a, he has a passion. He has a passion to help people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I know his passion. I see his passion. He wakes up, he thinks about it, he, and he wants to help the home. And he says, this is my passion. I want to help the home. I want to help him. I want to help him. So, so I told him, I said, well, this is your passion. Well, just go find a homeless shelter and serve. Mm. because his thing was was maybe my purpose was to open up my own shelter Uh. and i said to him well this is the problem as a as a as a baby with a passion Mm. it may not be smart to go and overload your faith with something that would take an adult to do it doesn't it doesn't mean the value it only means that right now you need to just you need to just fulfill that one little desire it's just Mm. taking another step i'm serving I'm serving at the homeless shelter. I'm passing out food. Well, then, mm-hmm. well, then you know, a year passes by, and now you meet somebody at the homeless shelter. God, God builds a bridge, makes a relationship, where now you get a chance to be a director at a homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. Five years go by, you've been directing a homeless shelter. Now you've learned the ins and outs of the operation. Mm-hmm. And then you go by, and then you keep driving by, and all of a sudden God has put this passion on the inside of you. I want to build a building. We need to build a new homeless shelter in the city of wherever, wherever we are. Well, now, well, now you know the real estate, you know the realtor, and now you know the land surveyor, and now you know the city councilman who can give you the approval to build it. And now God begins, he begins to put all those things in motion. A lot of times we want to know the finish line mm-hmm. and not just be focused on, I'm just going to take another step. Mm. And because we can't see the finish line, we quit walking. And God says, why are you stopped? I gave you the passion here, but you were confused into thinking that this was the end of the book when I was just telling you this was the beginning of another chapter. That's good. That's real good. You got me up in here like self-checking myself. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm like, dang, God. <laughs> Oh, God. But no, that that is so true. And, and, and that makes me think of um, even us because we are millennials. We're millennials. And um, right. I think many of the times with our generation, we're trying to get to that destination or that end goal um, per se and not really enjoy that journey. And like you said, to just focus on the next step, the next step, the next mm-hmm. step. But we're just our eyes are just set on that 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 goal of of opening up that homeless shelter or group home or that private practice without actually getting prepared to, to do it. Exactly. You know, exactly. Like for me, I went to, you know, I, I tell people one of the things that helped me, uh, that prepared me more for pastoral ministry more than anything else was when I worked at a restaurant as a server mm-hmm. and, when I when I got the job, I never would have thought. I thought I thought it was meaningless. I thought this was just something I'm just doing. God, I don't know why I'm doing it. I feel at peace. I feel like you. I feel like you know this is something that it was kind of thrown in my lap to do. The job was literally handed to me, but I was a server. I was making pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really getting tips, and I I was a college dropout. Most of my college classmates who I graduated with, who mind you, I have been voted voted most likely to succeed. I was class president. They would come to the restaurant. They would look at me and they would say, "Oh, you were voted." Most most likely to succeed. You're a college dropout. Look at you. You're serving me all. Mm. And and this, this would happen. This would happen probably every other week that I worked there. But I look back years later, and I think, and I thank God for the restaurant mm-hmm. because it was when I was busting tables when everybody else was was out partying mm-hmm. that my character was being developed because mm-hmm. I was learning how to work while everybody else was partying. Wow, I, and and that discipline carried over to now me being able to say people come and ask me, well, how are you able to write eleven books in, in, in three and a half four years? And I tell them, well, because I have the discipline to do it. But I learned mm. that back to with working table, blessing table. Mm. I learned what it felt like to people to talk down to you and talk down about you, mm-hmm. even while you're doing the job, because they do that to me now. So now I develop tough skin serving tables. So mm-hmm. now in the job I have now, there's nothing you can say to me to demean my value because I've back then at the restaurant, I would have to go in the bathroom, look myself in the mirror, and despite what people said about me, look at myself and tell myself I am somebody. Mm. I learned that back at the restaurant. But that was another step that eventually got me to this one. Wow. Mm. And it makes me think of there's purpose in the journey, even if we don't see that end goal. You know? Yes. Wow. Yes. That's good. This like I'm I'm like analyzing my own life right now. Like, <laughs> Cuz I'm like all my business moves I'm doing I'm like, "Uh." Oh. <laughs> yes. So you 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 yes. definitely got me over here PC like uh, Come on now. Come on. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Lord, I see you. I see you working. <laughs> Amen. Um, yes. And so what what are some of the signs when people may not be walking in their purpose? Like if you look back on your journey, were there ever any mm-hmm. um specifiers that, that indicated, like if you look back on it now, like I, I was not walking in my purpose because this didn't happen or this didn't line up or that kept falling through or... Mm-hmm. 
I, th- I think um, um, consistent frustration. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big one. That's a big one that, that most people most people look over, and yeah. and the big one that most of our society buries. We're frustrated. We're frustrated, uh, and we try to we try to convince ourselves that mediocrity is okay, mm. and that following the crowd is fine. Mm-hmm. But we're frustrated. Yeah. And the frustration, if not dealt with, transforms into bitterness. And then we grow bitter. Mm. And we grow bitter at the people who are doing something because their life looks more appealing than ours. Mm-hmm. And then after we become bitter, we become angry. And typically we lash out at the people who are closest to us. Because, and we, we lash out at the, we lash out at the boss. It's just that day that you know, you're the family member just says, I came, I got fired today. Why? I just, I just, I don't know. I just lashed out. It's like, I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. You're frustrated. You're in a place of frustration. Now, now, there's a holy frustration where I'm frustrated because what I see, I know I can build the bridge. It's almost like, it's almost like the city, the city has a big hole in the, has a big hole in the ground. Mm-hmm. And, and you have a, you have a, you have your own company. Plus you have the materials that you say, I know I can, I know I can put a bridge right there mm-hmm. because I see a hole. Because that's what leaders see. Leaders, leaders don't see. Leaders don't see ditches. Leaders see bridges. Mm. And 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 I know I can build this bridge. So you you go. You have a holy frustration because the city is making you go through red tape just so you can go and do what you know you can. What you know you could have already done a week ago. But the city is making is is having to prolong a situation and make you do it in three months. That's a holy frustration. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about the frustration of that comes of the world and comes from inactivity. Mm. inactivity i'm just i'm frustrated i'm not doing anything right. and we were made to be cultivators back in genesis one of the, the first job of, of of adam god gave man position i'm putting i'm creating you i put you in the garden of eden but when he put him there he didn't say just sit underneath the tree and just enjoy yourself he said i put you here to cultivate it that's a job mm-hmm. that's a responsibility i'm getting you busy and now i'm giving you i'm giving you uh responsibility I'm giving you instruction. Don't eat of every tree of the garden except the knowledge of, uh, of good and evil. So I'm giving you, I'm giving you position. I'm giving you instruction. I'm giving you, uh, I'm giving you purpose. I'm giving you responsibility. And then he says, now I'm going to give you a help me. But, but man, why do you need help if you're not doing anything? So now a man goes out, marries a woman. He's, he's inactive, mm-hmm. and he's convinced himself that mediocrity is okay because now social media allows for us to think that we're doing more things than what we're not. Social media has created a rocking chair syndrome generation mm-hmm. where we think we're moving ahead, but we're really just rocking back and forth. I'm praying for Florida, but you haven't done anything for Florida. Mm-hmm. So it gives you the illusion in your mind, I'm making movement, mm-hmm. but I haven't, I haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're frustrated. Uh, it grows into anger. Um, uh, and 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 it, you you see it because you begin to lash out at others, and then you can also see it because you know the, uh, everything around you grows dull. Uh, one thing I know is that productive people, productive people always see life a lot differently than, than inactive people do. Mm. Inactive people see days see days as those that can be wasted, okay. while productive people see day see see days as those that must that must be conquered. Mm. And when you're not when you when you're not doing anything, you just you you can't you grow stale, you grow cold. You're just kind of you're walking or you're you're rocking, but you're not going anywhere. Wow, that's good. That's real good. 
Mm. PC, you're going to be doing a, a therapy session with me on air. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um... <laughs> Bring it on. And now... Uh... <laughs> And, and, and now what are what are the signs when you are walking in your purpose or maybe close to it? Mm-hmm. Do you you'll, you'll, you'll have a sense of fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Now, you won't you won't you won't have complete fulfillment, mm-hmm. but you at least have a sense of fulfillment. Mm-hmm. You'll know that every day when you lay your head down to sleep, even though all things are not perfect and, and you won't you won't have perfection. I don't know one person right now walking, walking in their purpose that can say, I am right now in a, in a, in a sense of perfection. There's something going wrong in his or her life. Mm. But, but you'll, you'll have a sense of fulfillment that I know where I am. And things will become, things will become a, lot, a lot easier for you and a lot clearer for you. Another thing I know is that you'll, you'll, have, you'll have sharper focus. Mm. When I meet a person, a man or a woman, when I meet a man or a woman mm-hmm. and they're, and they're busy about a lot of things, a lot of different things that do not intersect, Ooh. then I know they're not in the place where they're supposed to be. Oh, you can't tell me that God called you to be a comedian, a basketball <laughs> player, uh, a basketball player and to, and, and to, and to be a chef right. because the, the three, the three, you, I mean, you can work hard to combine them together, right. but the three, the three really don't intersect. Hmm. And now I know you're reaching for something, but when mm-hmm. you're in a place of purpose and you know where you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. then not only do you have a sense of fulfillment, but you also have a sense of focus. It's like you don't have. My wife and I, we my, my, and I don't mind. We don't mind saying this. My wife and I, we get we get television shows and reach out to us all the time. Like you know, they reached out to my wife for Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, and good. <laughs> they, I mean, we didn't even have to. I mean, we just. The email, we said no. Mm-hmm. They reach out to us for reality TV shows, we say no. Mm-hmm. They reach out to us for certain things, and we just we say no. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we can be so sure in our no is because we know what all we said yes to. Mm-hmm. We said yes to purpose, yeah. and with purpose comes a brand. Mm-hmm. And with a and 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 the and in the no, we were protecting the brand of the purpose Ooh, because we know that the purpose will go down into our lineage. It will transcend our generation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we, but we have sharp focus. It's just certain things that, you know, my sister knows. She had to send to me because I'm not going to do that because mm-hmm. it's outside the realm of my purpose. Like, you know, somebody asked that I want to come and, and, you know, refer, uh, not referee, but just come and like throw the ball up at a basketball game. It sounds great for somebody else to do. Mm. But even if it comes with all the notoriety that, that that they wanted to bring to it and the publicity they can bring to whomever the person to throw the ball up in the air, that's not me because it uh, because with sharp focus, I know I have somewhere else to be. And the reason why I couldn't go do that is because my son, my son had had to he had a he had a swim meet he had to do. Mm-hmm. And because I know my purpose and because I have sharp focus, I know I need to be focused more on him. Now I don't be tossing up a ball so that, you know, some guys can run up and get it and I can mm-hmm. walk off the court now like I'm excited about a game that I probably would never watch. <laughs> so you have this sense of fulfillment. Mm-hmm. You have sharper focus. And then, and then the, I, think, I think the last thing that you'll have is something we touched on before. You'll, you'll have, that, you'll have that, 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 God, that God-given passion mm-hmm. where he'll continue to burden your heart with something, but it'll all line up. 
it'll all line up and it'll, it'll all be within the same family. And what, what'll happen is you'll find you what if you if you were to look back at your life right now, mm-hmm. you would notice wherever you're at right now, you notice that God is building a house. He's building a house with every situation you've gone through. Mm-hmm. One of those situations was providing, uh, uh, putting down the foundation. Another one was building the wall. Another one was putting up the paint. And then people came in your life. God sent people in different time periods of your life to help you build the house, to help you build the purpose. And then we get upset because we say, oh, my God, that person just left my life. That's because that person's assignment was finished. Mm. You didn't need a plumber to help you paint. The plumber came in and installed the plumbing. They don't they, they don't know anything about the painting. So now God has them on assignment to go somewhere else. But we're trying to attach ourselves to the plumber when God's saying, "No, I want you to lay hold of the I want you to lay hold on the on the painter." The painter's coming to help you put up the wall, help you help you to paint the wall. Now the painter's going to have to lead us to don't get too attached. So I think that that God begins to order certain things in your life, and you'll begin to see it, and it'll it'll just make sense to you to be very clear to you. So you won't be upset. When people come, you won't be upset when people go. You won't be upset when you know, when things happen because you know it's all in the plan of God. Mm. That's good. That's real good. I'm telling you, PC, I'm literally like taking my own notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I need to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> Man, man, I'm like, why are you here? Uh, my dilemma is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! You like, Lakeisha? I didn't sign up for all of this now. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm fine. I am fine. I do not mind at all. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Okay, okay. So I'm gonna use me in, as an example because I know it's probably other people um, that'll be listening mm-hmm. and, and being like, "Okay, yeah, like I'm going through that same thing." So, what if you mm-hmm. feel that you have your purpose and your passion, but yet your mm-hmm. focus may not be on one specific thing, but it's like on several different things? Although it plays a key factor in like the ultimate vision. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's what I was going to touch on. Okay. Because you just, you, you mentioned it at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most precious things a person can have is the vision. Mm-hmm. You have to have a vision mm-hmm. because the vision is going to ultimately let, let, let people know or, or, or let, let you know this is, this is the ultimate goal. This is where we're going. Mm-hmm. Now, it's one thing I love, I, I love, I love about God. When, well, it was it was it was at the point it was I don't I don't want to call it the point of preparation, but it was at that point where he spoke to Moses. He said, "Moses, this is what you're going to do. You're going to rescue my people, take them out of the hands of Pharaoh, and I want you to take them into the Promised Land." Mm-hmm. Now, God God has already given the vision. Moses, I want you to build the ark, and I want you to make sure you build it, and and I'm going to give you the, the specifications for you to build it. Abram, I want you to leave your father's house, blah blah. I want you to go to a land in which I will show you up. God, in all his ways, before he puts the passion in, I would say when he puts the passion inside of the heart, Mm -hmm. he gives a vision with it. Mm. Now, the vision is important because the vision is what's going to help to to fuel the passion. Mm. The vision is what's going to help to fuel the mission. The vision is what's going to help in those darkened times, those darkened days, because you know, as Jesus tells 
tells uh, tells him, tells that slow church in the boat. Mm-hmm. And they get afraid because the storm is coming, and and they're Jesus, I'm afraid. And Jesus says, "Oh, peace, be still to the storm." But then Jesus, you know, it, it's like it's like Jesus is saying to, to the storm, "Why are you so afraid? Didn't I tell you I was going? We were going to the other side. I've already given you the vision. The vision is important because the vision is letting you know exactly where it is you're going. Mm. So if you know what the vision is, then you don't you 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 have a clear focus." But if you have not sat down to identify the vision of the life, if you have not you've not went into prayer and sat before God and said, "Okay, God, show me the vision," I, and my my wife and I we've seen the vision. My wife had a vision before we got married that mm-hmm. she saw us traveling around preaching the gospel to all these different countries and all these different places. She saw that. She saw it before before I saw it. Mm. And then and then when we got married, I saw us. I saw us standing in front of all these people, and we're preaching the gospel, but we're, we're standing there together, and our kids are with us. Mm-hmm. When Before we got married, we sat down, and, and you know, we prayed, and we said, okay, God, we, would, we have a desire to have a family. Mm-hmm. Show us a vision. So we, we put a—it was, was Father's Day of 2010. Mm-hmm. We weren't even married yet. Uh, my wife and I, we sat down. It was on a, it was on a Macy's uh, gift box. Mm-hmm. And on this Macy's gift box, we drew stick figures, one of me, <laughs> one of my wife. We drew stick figures of three other children. And another child that we drew stick figures of, I don't know what that was. That's probably part of vision right now because we ain't trying to have no more kids. <laughs> but nevertheless, we, we drew pictures of, mm-hmm. these, of these three kids. And we mm-hmm. want to adopt, so I guess that's where the other one comes in. Okay. But with the first one, the first, the first kid, we drew that first stick figure out, and we named him Logan. Mm-hmm. The second stick figure, we drew that one out, and we named her Taylor. Mm. And in the third figure, you know, praise the Lord, we we did something, we call it that child something. But but <laughs> but we 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 went through we uh we got pregnant. After we got married, we got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Found out that we were having a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I were heartbroken mm. and we were devastated. We felt like God, you, you've abandoned us. There are people out here who don't even want to have kids and they're having 12 of them. Right. We're out here, we desire to have kids, we want to put them in a good family and mm. you won't even give us one. Mm. And then we went back and God showed us the box. And mm. I thought, well, why are you showing me this? And he's like, well, I'm showing you the vision. Mm. Long story short, about a month and about a, about a, about a year, maybe three months later, uh, my wife my wife got pregnant, mm-hmm. and turns out she's having a boy. Mm-hmm. During that whole time that my wife is pregnant with the boy, we're like, we're gonna name him this, we're gonna name him this, we're gonna name him this, we're gonna name him this. Then God re- God reminded us both while we while we're there in the in the hospital room, name the child Logan. Mm. I thought we're naming Logan. Then the same thing happened with Taylor. We're going to name this child Taylor. Mm-hmm. We named the children Taylor. We go back and look at the box. And we're like, God, this was the vision. I say all that to say the vision is what keeps, is what keeps the passion inspired. Mm. Like, when we, have, we have a marriage retreat. We, we host a marriage retreat every year. And one of the most important sessions that, that we like to make mandatory for the couples is the session on vision and mission. The reason being is because if a husband and wife are getting married, what is the purpose of the two of you getting married if you're not going to do anything? God is putting the two of you together so that your purpose and, and everything can intertwine. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why God puts a man with a woman. Mm-hmm. There's a vision. There's something that you two are supposed to finish. But for my wife and I, we see what our vision is. But we have our own mission. Our own mission statement is hung up in our wall. We know it verbatim. Our kids are learning it now in homeschool. Mm-hmm. Our mission of our family is to gather people together so they can hear the Word of they can grow in the Word of God, and they can go into all the world and share the gospel. Ultimately, we desire for people to fulfill their ministry. Mm-hmm. That is the mission of the Lindsay household. 
That's what we do. And that mission keeps us focused. So when you ask the question, I know it's a long answer, but when no, you ask the question, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing all these different things, but how do I hone in on that? Yeah. It goes back to the, it goes back to the vision. It goes back to the mission of what am I, what, what is, what am I doing? Cause if I, if, if I don't have the vision and the mission in place, I don't have any parameters. Mm. So now if somebody came along tomorrow and offered you a million dollar contract mm-hmm. to go and do something that, that is totally outside of your mission or totally outside of what you wanted to do, because since you don't have a mission, it's not existent or most people don't, don't know what that, that vision of their life is. They'll take the job. But what they don't realize is that the million dollars won't bring them fulfillment because mm. you can be rich in a big house and yeah. still be lonely. Yeah. So I hope that answered the question. No, no, it did. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, you preaching to me. So <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, bring it on in, Courtney. I don't. I, I'm like, I don't want to talk too long, so I'm, I'm trying to bring it in. You know? No, you, you are good. You are good. That is so awesome. That's really good, though. That is really good. Good. And, and, and if if you have the the mission and vision implanted in your heart and in your head, you won't get distracted with all these other things that don't align up with it. But that that's really good, exactly. though. That's, oh, that's and write good. it down. You have to write it down. Yeah. You have to write it down, and you have to put it up on the wall. You have to put it somewhere. Put it on the fridge, mm-hmm. so you can look at that mission every day. So when I'm going to work, I know I may be working in a cubicle now, mm-hmm. but this is working. This is just another step mm-hmm. for me to get to the vision. Yes. I'm, I'm going somewhere. God has me going to a place. I'm not just. I'm not just walking aimlessly. It's like this is just another step for me to accomplish the vision. But most of the people. Most of my people perish for the lack of knowledge. Yes. They don't they don't know anything and most of the people perish because they, they don't have a vision. They don't know what they, they don't know what to see. Hey, 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 Israel, we're we're going to the promised land. Let's mm-hmm. get out of the wilderness. But when you lose sight of when you lose sight of the vision and the mission, you become comfortable with just walking around the wilderness for forty years and forty for, for, for forty years. It's just that's just You'll, you'll become comfortable with it. You'll be there. You'll be there 40 days, 40 nights. You'll be there for 40 years. You'll be there for 400 years. You'll be there for 4,000 years. You'll be okay. Just keep walking around in circles. And that's what most people do. That's why they, that's why most people live in the rat race. Mm. And most people think that they're just going to be fulfilled living, living paycheck to paycheck. They, everything, everything is just, it's just that they, they think fulfillment is simply just going around in circles. The only problem with that is that you'll, you, you, you never find fulfillment trying to make in, trying to make ends meet. Mm, yeah. Because when only time the only time ends meet is in a circle, mm. and that just means you're just going round and around. Yeah. But if you're walking a straight line, I've never seen east touch west. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yep. That's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you, you know, you just ministering to me and 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 my spirit and, and and you know just just my my life right now. Um, Come on, man. Well, yeah, hey, you know, since since you're here, <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, I, I really think of of, of me. I, I kind of feel 
like my my purpose and, and my my mission I know is um to just bring awareness to our culture and our community dispelling the mm-hmm. myth about mental health um and closing mm-hmm. gaps because there's so many gaps within our culture that we need to close um just aside mm-hmm. from mental health but spiritual health physical health um mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, uh healthy relationships you know just having healthy children um it, it's just so many so many gaps and what I find myself doing is like okay let me break off a piece of my time to do some podcasting let me break off a piece of time to do private practice work building my private practice getting clients let me break off a piece of time to try and write an ebook because I need to be an author so people can know who I am so I can you know what I mean so I can get my purpose and my mission mm-hmm. out to people and then break off a piece of time because I still work full-time for a hospital um providing mm-hmm. therapy services so break off a piece of time for that okay but then you still you know you want to be um knowledgeable too still so okay break off a piece of time Mm -hmm. to 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 read articles and read books so but i kind of feel myself um going around in a circle though like i feel like all of the pieces are necessary but um Mm -hmm. i I don't know like i i i I just feel like i'm going in a circle though with it you know Mm -hmm. let me let me give you this reassurance Mm -hmm. you're not going in a circle okay (laughs) what you're doing is you're putting down a foundation mm. and you can build on that one day. Okay. You can build on that one day. Uh, one of the greatest misconceptions is that um, in, in, in many people's lives, in many people's heads is that we can't do, we can't do multiple things at once. Mm, yeah. The brain is so amazing in how it works. I mean, you know, I, I oftentimes joke with people and I tell people, you know, God, God trusted us. God trusted us so much that he only gave us a small usage of our, of our brain mm. because he knows he, I mean, as a, as a man, I, I, I forget, I forget my phone at the gym. <laughs> I don't know if I can forget my phone. I don't know if I can forget my phone. I know that as, if I had to tell myself to breathe, I probably would have been dead a long time ago. Right. If I had to remind myself to pump blood in my body, I probably. Uh, we would be having this conversation because I, I, I'll, I'll forget. Mm. But it's something in how God, and even how God makes the body, and how it all, how it all connects to one another. Even with the subconscious mind, there's just things that if we do things for a certain period of time, that now it becomes a piece and a part of our lives. It's like we, it's like you know, you're out there, you're driving, and mm-hmm. because if you, you drive the same route every day. We get home and sometimes we say, I don't remember driving there. It's just, it was all driven subconsciously. Mm-hmm. But, and I say all that to say what you're doing in your, what, what you're doing right now and what God is preparing you in, he's preparing you in a way to say, I'm making this subconscious for you. Mm. This is the life. I'm built, you're, you're building something. Remember what I was saying before, you know, the, 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 found, the foundation is always the toughest and the nastiest part to build, but yeah. it's the most important part to build because mm. you have to make sure it's right. That is the most important part to build. You can, I mean, the paint can change. You can mm-hmm. always change the paint, mm-hmm. but you don't change the foundation. If the foundation shifts, you got you to gotta throw the whole house away. Yeah. So the foundation is hard. The foundation can be laborious. The foundation can seem like I'm going around in a circle. But what God is really doing is God's saying, okay, I'm having you to learn because you need to keep learning. I'm having mm-hmm. you to do a podcast. I'm having you, I'm having you do this and that because see, all those things, all those things intersect. Going back to what you said, if you have a passion to teach people and get, and get the information out about mental health, 
then the podcast is going to help people do it. The book is going to help people do it. You being enlightened is going to help people do it. Everything you mention, they all intersect. Now, if you can't, if you say to me, God has given me a passion for for me to get for me to get you know for me to talk about mental health and really health in every you know in, in all aspects of life as you mentioned with children and so on and so forth. And then you said, but you know what? I'm also baking cupcakes, and I'm gonna say, okay, now we got a problem. <laughs> Cause that that don't that don't that don't, that don't let, let, Let's reel it back in. Right. Cupcakes may not be the place where you go where you need to be right now. That may not be in the business where you need to be because you, you're not a baker. Right. You're not a baker. You're you're you. I, I would even I would even challenge you to not even call yourself and and and, and, and listen to our creator. Mm-hmm. I even challenge you and how you and, and how you even call yourself in in in, uh, in certain in certain circles, not in all circles. As a professional, you're a therapist. Mm-hmm. But in purpose and in, in vision, you're a communicator. Mm. And in everything you're building, you're building venues and, and you're, 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 you're building vehicles of communication. This is just, again, this is just a walk, a walk for you in the journey. Because one day, one day, you may have somebody else who's working on the foundation that you built, that you built. And years, and you'll you look back years from now and look back and say, okay, I remember the podcast that I built mm-hmm. years ago, but mm-hmm. now I have a whole team that runs that. Mm-hmm. So see, it all connects, mm-hmm. it all works together. Trust me when I say you're not going in a circle. It's just, <laughs> it's hard work now. It's hard work now, but it's, it, 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 it's all in line with the vision and the mission. All you got to do is just keep walking forward. You're 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 walking a straight line. You're not making a meet. Mm. Wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like I'm really like overwhelmed just with you know like God knew I needed this. Um, mm-hmm. you know, everything happens for, for a reason and a purpose. You know, I think of even like the guests mm-hmm. I've had on my podcast, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, cause to be honest, I was like, man, they're going to be like, nah, we ain't coming on there. And <laughs> I was just like, I don't know. I'm going to just shoot the email and <laughs> shoot my shot per se and see, you right, know? <laughs> right, right, right. So, right. wow. Like, yes, this is, whoo, this is good. <laughs> Yeah. You 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 are and, and you I mean, look at it like this. You're, yeah. you're 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 building you're building a house and the crazy thing about it is, you know, with the with the few things that I, my wife and I we've had to build in our lives, especially the buildings and houses and stuff like that with real estate. Mm-hmm. One thing that I know is that there comes a point where I can't I cannot inspect I cannot inspect the laborers work. Mm. Sometimes I have to call in somebody from I have to call in somebody else from the city and from the state mm-hmm. to come in and from the county, the city, whatever the ordinance to come in to inspect what has been done to give me the okay to do something else. Mm. And it's just a walk in the journey. So yeah. God had you to send the email. You thought it was just going to be a normal podcast. What God was doing was God was sending you an email to call in somebody to just inspect the work and then just tell you, okay, you're in the right direction. Now let's let's crank it up. So now we got to put up the walls. Mm. Man, you're right. Yeah, but that comes a whole new team. Yeah, that's going to come a whole new team. So now you, 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 you might, you might start seeing turnover in your life. Mm. Don't worry about that. That's okay. okay. That's what you want to see. Okay. You want to see turnover, not full turnover. Okay. It's not turnover because you're making them turnover. It's not you're firing them. Mm-hmm. It's just that people are slowly exiting because that's what happens. Contracts end mm. and. The few, there are few who always remain faithful, but 
contracts end. Unfortunately, some friendships they have to end. That's why I'm always cautious and careful before before I before I uh, I, I try to make fr- friendship. In my in my opinion, is a is a permanent worker, mm. and you want to be cautious before you give a temp before you give a temp a permanent title. Mm. That's good. Man, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's oof, that's good. <laughs> um, yes. Wow. That's deep. You helping you helping somebody besides me, I know when, <laughs> when people are here will hear this, you you helping others, you know, like Praise God. I know for sure you helping me, so <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Yes. <laughs> And now I, I want to definitely touch on your newest book, When God's Hand mm-hmm. is on You. And, and just mm-hmm. what, what made you want to write about um, God's hand being on you? So, again, it, it's being called to ministry and walking out that purpose within it. So yeah. tell, us, tell us about that. Well, I, uh, I feel like there's so many misconceptions when it comes to ministry, mm-hmm. you know, uh, preaching isn't pastoring, and pastoring isn't isn't preaching. Mm. Um, and I think that so many people aspire to be a pastor or, or aspire to be a preacher because of because of what they what what they may see as as fame, what they may see as an you know ability to, to gain an audience, which that's not it at all. Uh, but I also seek to to let people know, um, like like I was that that little boy who I grew up in a I grew up in a town of you know, it had one red light. I, I mean, I grew up in a double wide trailer, seven miles from the nearest town with a pond out back. And mm. I, I, I wrote it for those people who feel like first, like first Corinthians chapter one, I would go for those people who feel like they're insignificant, low born. Nobody, nobody sees them. Nobody, you know, it's like, it's like I'm invisible almost like I'm overlooked. And I write it to, to those people to let them know God's hand is on you. Mm. And if you trust him, you can you can you can walk with him. He's going to walk with you. So I write it to those people so that so that they know that God's hand is there with them, um, and so that people can understand not only what ministry is, but what but what ministry what ministry can can do not only for your life, but what it can do for the life of others. So, um, in, in my opinion, out of the eleven books that I've written, it mm-hmm. it, it was it was the it was um, that is probably the funnest book. That I had to write because I had a chance to put a lot of my own stories into it and uh, a lot of my own challenges into it just so I can encourage those people to know that God has not forgotten about you. His hand is on you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. I love the title. I love everything about that because I think sometimes we can get so caught up in our own um, our own stuff, our own insecurities and and be Mm -hmm. like, well, are we still called or chosen? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I actually wrote, I have a chapter in there called Overcoming Insecurities, and I mentioned Moses and, and his mm-hmm. stuttering. I mentioned myself with my stuttering and, you know, hating to look at myself in the mirror because, you know, I always felt like, you know, I, was, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't mm-hmm. worthy enough. I, I, I didn't take pictures, uh, a lot of pictures growing up because I was a short, chubby, fat kid that was always picked on. Mm-hmm. So I always felt self-conscious about the way that I looked. I always... You know, and, and that stuff, it, it was it was branded into my mind. I never felt like, well, even when I come to find the Lord Jesus Christ, I felt like, well, how could you use somebody like me? Even mm-hmm. now, 
sometimes, you know, those thoughts pop into my head. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm a college dropout, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Everything that the world says is is of success, I'm the complete opposite. Mm. And I want to let those people know that God's hand is on you and screw the world. Mm -hmm. When God's hand is on you, nobody else can touch you. Mm, That's good. That's good. I love that. And I'll definitely be um, I will be purchasing a copy of your book to give away to one of my lovely listeners for them to read um, and definitely take advantage of that. Um, Now, how do you think we can um, break down the stigma within the church about mental illness? Mm -hmm. Like, what are your thoughts on that, PC? Well. I think it's I think it's probably one of the most overlooked subjects in the church today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um, we at our at our recent uh, singles retreat, uh, we have we actually have a mental health therapist at our church, and oh. she's actually part of our singles ministry. We had her to do a a um, a, a session on mental health, and it turned out to be one of the best sessions that the singles were were at. One of the things that people do not do is people do not seek therapy mm-hmm. because they don't think it's needed. Mm-hmm. We believe in the church, and and yeah. by all means, I believe in I believe in the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. I understand I understand spiritual warfare. I understand those things, but I also understand the Book of James. It says to confess your faults one to another and then pray for each other. Mm-hmm. The reason why that's so significant towards mental health is because confession can be a part of healing. Mm-hmm. And with therapy comes a good amount of confession. I'm able to sit with someone, talk about what is burdening my heart and what is what is sitting on my mind. And now I'm able to communicate those things that are within me outside. And why it's biblical and why it's scriptural is because when I let what's in the dark, come into the light Mm -hmm. it can be judged accurately Mm. and when you have a skilled therapist or when you have somebody who is skilled to rightfully handle truth they are able to judge what was brought into the light accurately and to bring and to bring some type of and to bring enlightenment to it. That was the same thing I was doing just with you. And you say, "Well, this is what I'm always doing," but and I can I can come. We can say we brought into the light now. Let me bring some enlightenment to it. You're not walking in a circle. You're walking in a straight line. Mm. But we don't do that at the church. We don't. The church doesn't talk about anything. We Mm -hmm. get uh, most places. They get up. They run around. They dance. They Mm -hmm. shout. They wave their hands. Then they go back home still depressed. Mm. I know depression because I've lived it for many years. I wrote a book called Suffering in Silence Mm -hmm. that talks about my own depression and my own battles and my own bouts with it. So uh, the church has to do a better job of reaching out to to those who are are skilled in truth uh, so that we can can have those discussions inside a church about mental health because we're not having them. I know we're not having them because I got far too many emails from people who I know are mentally health challenged. Mm. We need to have them. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's definitely true, though. And, and you know, like you said, um, I believe in the power of prayer, too. But I also, you know, believe that mm-hmm. you can pray and see a therapist. I think, you know, when people um, see anybody that that that, that loves God, um, you know, what they may call as holy rollers. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And they see them going to 
um, a therapist, it's like almost like they're second guessing that person's faith. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like, well, why you just didn't, you know, have faith that God going to see you through it? Like, true, I have faith God going to see me through it. But I also have faith that God puts people in our lives to help us through. Right. So (laughs) and that therapist could very well be that person to help you through. Right. My wife and I have seen therapists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, we, we've seen we've seen therapists individually. Yeah. Um, because you, you, you need that. I mean, we're yeah, constantly pouring out to people. Yes. And and, and you, you need to be able to sit down with somebody and you need to be able to sit down with somebody who does not know you. Yes. <laughs> and who is not looking at you for, for what you think the rest of the world is looking at you as. But somebody who's looking at you as the same person who just walked off the street. Mm-hmm. What, what's, what's your deal? And let's talk. Mm-hmm. And and to sit down in those therapy sessions, it, it's it's crazy. I, I'll, I'll tell some of my my pastoral friends that you know I don't I don't mind having therapy. I don't mind going to see a therapist. Mm-hmm. The problem is is that in, in in the church, therapy is always something that the church feels like you need after they found out about your sin. Mm. The pastor failed. He was in adultery. He needs to go see a therapist. Well, why mm-hmm. didn't you tell him to go see one before? Right. The adultery, the adultery is just a sin that was born out of what was already in his heart. Mm. But yeah. if we would, if he would have saw the therapist before he slept, before he slept with the other woman, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then maybe we wouldn't have had the other woman. But you thought that just praying for him and laying your hands on him on Sunday morning was enough. Mm. Well, you kept laying your hands on him, but he still had the lust in his heart. But he didn't, he couldn't talk about it to anybody because he can't talk about it to his wife because that wouldn't be right. Right. He don't think it's right in his mind. He can't talk about it to, to the church because then the church would judge him. They'd probably vote him out. He can't mm-hmm. talk about it to the board of directors because the board of directors look at him sideways. So now he can't talk about it to his friends because his friends also have to respect him. So now he lives in a bubble, and unfortunately he's the only one that's in it. But if he can bring in a trusted therapist in there with him, mm-hmm. then before he gets to the bed with the, with the other woman, mm-hmm. he can lay on the couch and expose himself to somebody that he does not know. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Man, yeah. yeah, I love that. I'm glad. I'm glad you sh- you shared that. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Um, and now, how do you, PC, keep yourself physically um, healthy, mentally, physically, mentally, and spiritually? How do you keep yourself healthy? I work out five times a day. I mean, not five times a day, five times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I love the gym. I love going to run. Um, I believe that, I believe that physical health says a lot about our, our mental health as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a stress reliever. It allows for me to go and to let out aggression, to let out things that otherwise <clears throat> I think would just kind of bind up inside of me. If I did not go somewhere to kind of push the, you know, push the iron and go and run the, run the miles, um, uh, mentally, mentally, I, I, I like spas. I'm a spa type of guy. <laughs> uh, I like to just go and just get in the hot tub and just the spa tub and just kind of sit there. Mm-hmm. I like to go and sit in the steam room and just just sit there, sit in the steamer or sit in the the sauna and just kind of sit there. I, I enjoy that. I I think it is it's tranquil for me to just kind of you know smell the essential oils mm-hmm. and, and it just just kind of just kind of for a second just kind of turn the brain off from everything else that's around you. It, it, it gives me good mental health. Uh, my wife and I we believe in we believe in vacating. Uh, we mm-hmm. we will we will take a vacation in a heartbeat. Uh, we take <laughs> we take one every quarter. 
Nice. Uh, just so we can find time to get away. We take two together every year. So we take a couple's trip every year with just my wife and I. Mm-hmm. That allows for us to kind of get away to get a mental break. Mm-hmm. Um, we also take a couple's, a couple's trip with like other couples that we know. So just lets us get away with our friends. My wife also has a, um, a uh, she goes on a girl's trip. I go on a, a guy's trip. I call it my mancation. <laughs> we do that once a year because we think that it's healthy yeah. for us to get around to get around our friends mm-hmm. outside of each other. Yeah. I love my wife. She loves me. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I need a break from her and the kids. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she needs a break from me and the kids. Mm-hmm. And that's and that, that makes her healthy. And she gets with her friends where she can be free and she can talk and she can laugh and she can run and she can just she can just kind of be, you know, just throw everything across the room if she wants to. It's just it gives her that that chance that weekend and just kind of just be, be just be whatever I want to be with, with with my friends, you know, within the within righteous guidelines, of course. But mm-hmm. we do that we do that as well. Um, uh, I, we 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 love to read. We keep worship music playing at our home. Uh, if we're not listening, watching trolls or or whatever these movies are, my kids be watching. Just, <laughs> you can have them if you want them. Praise the Lord. <laughs> So we, we like to keep worship music playing in the in the house, and uh-huh. that that kind of that kind of keeps us tranquil because we get on a we get on a high intense phone call, mm-hmm. but then we got we got you know it's difficult for you to be upset on the phone when in the background you know you're listening to how great they are. You're like mm. oh, God just brought it back into perspective. So um, those are some of the ways that, that I, I keep I keep myself grounded, and I think another big way is that my wife and I we live inside of our own bubble. Mm. And we have created what we call our own village and we bring people into our village mm-hmm. and that's healthy for us because it allows for, it allows for people who are the closest to us to tell us things about what they see outside of the bubble because we don't see outside of the bubble. Like people come up to us and say, oh, do this. You know who we are. We think, no, we have no idea because we're us. Mm-hmm. And well, we, we really help you. Well, we're like, well, that's awesome, but we're still people. Mm. And we have people around us who keep us level-headed, mm. who are like, oh, I mean, you know, y'all may have preached the thousands over here, but guess what? When you come back home, the trash needs to be taken out. <laughs> like, oh, okay, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> you know, the light bill needs to be paid, bro. <laughs> right. so, we have a village, and our village keeps us sane, and our village keeps us level-headed uh, because we believe that the higher the pedestal, the harder the fall. So mm. we never try to get on this pedestal that we think we're too high, because yeah. when you do, as soon as when you fall off of it, you're ruined. And we mm. never want to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. And, and, and you know, my friends would um, <clears throat> not forgive me if I didn't mention that. <laughs> um, we, we were able to come to the uh, Pinky Promise Conference this year. It was a birthday mm-hmm. gift my girls um, did for me. And uh, you and Heather actually awesome. sent me a happy birthday video. My friends oh, asked her hurts. and she said yes. And <laughs> <laughs> you guys sent me a happy that birthday so video. Awesome. <laughs> Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> yes. So even just like those things, I was like, I know you guys are so humble, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and just doing what you are called to do, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I don't know if you, do you have time for like two listener questions? Yeah, I do. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So one listener asked, how do you learn to hear God's voice? Hmm. You know, um, the Bible. The Bible defines. I want to. I want to go as uh, quick as I can here. But 
the, the Bible defines God in so many different ways. You know, it's like, it's like how he moves. It's like still waters. And then it can also be like rushing wind. It can be a raging fire. It can be, you know, the, the voice of thunder from the heaven. So it's like, this is what I like to tell people. The, the Word of God is usually the first place that I like to start. The reason being so then is, uh, is John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then, and then the Word, we know that we know that then the Word took form. I believe it goes down to verse fourteen. Then the Word became form, it became a flesh, and it dwelt among us. Now we begin to see that the Word of God, that the words which are inspired by God, the Holy Word, that we can we can now go to say these are these are God's words. And in the same way, when I'm when I'm reading a book, I'm reading mm-hmm. a self help book. I'm reading it in a way where when I'm reading these words, I'm hearing a voice that is attached to the words I'm reading. Mm. When I'm reading the Word of God, mm-hmm. I'm hearing a voice that is attached to the inspirer, to the author of the book that I'm reading. Mm. And when I spend time with those words, when mm-hmm. I spend time with that voice, I learn it. For instance, uh, real quick, when I, was, when I was younger, I went to the fair, Mississippi, Alabama fair, and, we're, and I'm all running around, and I get lost. Mm-hmm. And now I don't know where my mom is. So I'm screaming, Mama, Mama, Mama. And now, mind you, we're still at the fair. So there are people around there laughing. They're screaming. Mm-hmm. Some babies are crying. You hear the people screaming on the roller coaster. You hear the people knocking over things. You hear all the noise going on. So the noise didn't stop. The distractions didn't stop. But out of all the noise, I heard my mother calling my name. The thing about it was I couldn't see her, mm. but I could hear her. Mm-hmm. And because I knew the voice, I was at peace. Mm. And I was able to follow the voice of my mother until I can see her. The reason why that's important to hear the voice of God is this. When the only reason why I knew my mother's voice is because I had spent so much time around her. I was able to tell her voice out of every other voice that was going on at the fair because the distractions didn't stop. Mm-hmm. It's just that I was more in tune with the voice that I spent time with. Mm. And when you're more in tune, and I, I always know people who say, I, I can't hear his voice, because that, that just lets me know you haven't spent enough time with him. Mm. Spend time with him. Spend time with him. Open up the Bible. And don't be, yeah, I, I tell people, don't be weird with it. You know, some people <laughs> go into prayer and they're like, oh, gracious Heavenly Father, dear Lord God, I humbly beseech thee now. No, just sit down. I, I, I open my Bible and I say, okay, Holy Spirit, here I am. Mm-hmm. Teach me. I'm the Word of God, and I'm reading the book of John, and then you know, I believe he'll speak to me, and he'll say, I want you to do a word study on faith. And I'll say, well, why faith? Do a word study on faith. So I sit down and do a word study on faith. Then all of a sudden, I find myself in the book of Ezekiel. I find myself in the book of Daniel. I find myself in Revelation. I find myself in First Corinthians. And then, lo and behold, I've connected this whole sermon together, and now I believe the whole thing that God wanted me to do was just, just to, do, to do that. But he was speaking to me in the process. Mm. Uh, so just spend time with him. And you'll learn his voice. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And then people, and then they just, they just added on, people, people usually ask me, say, well, you know, Pastor, how long, how long do I, how long do I, I spend time with him until I, uh, <laughs> how long, how long do I spend time with him until I finally get the voice? And I tell them, until you hear. Mm-hmm. It's, it's persistence. My mm. kids know persistence. When they want something from me, when I say we're going to Target to buy a toy, uh-huh. they will beg me until we finally get in the car and we get to Target. If you really wanted it, you'll be persistent enough until you get it. Yes, that's good. Be persistent. If you want to hear what God has to tell you, 
Um, and another Amen. another listener asks, how do you balance family life with being a pastor, author, and a speaker and traveling the world? Uh, my family, outside of God, my family comes first. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and inside of my family, that heart, that, that that hierarchy goes to my wife. You know, mm-hmm. um, people oftentimes say, you know, uh, you know, Christ is first in my life. I mean, Christ is the foundation of my life, and mm-hmm. I think I think first speaks to a first speaks to a title of position. Mm. But when I say Christ is the foundation, that means that Christ is in everything. Mm. That He's not just first, and then right. my wife is outside of Him, but Christ is my family. He, he's, he's over the whole thing. He envelops the whole thing. So, um, my, my wife, my wife, you know, she, she comes first when it comes to many things. We have a, we take a date day. Mm-hmm. Friday is our, is our date day. Um, Saturday is family day where we just, we spend time with the family, whatever, whatever my kids want to do and my wife wants to do, we'll go and we'll do that. If we're going to go to the park. If they want to go to the, you know, theme park, whatever it is, we go, we do that. But it, it allows for, it allows for me to prioritize correctly. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. I won't, I, I have, I've turned down speaking engagements mm-hmm. because my son had an event or mm-hmm. my daughter had gymnastics because that's more important to me than being able to stand in front of people to preach mm-hmm. because my children, if I can't take care of my first congregation, then I'm, I'm unfit to take care of, of, of anybody else's congregation. I can't stand before everybody else and preach to them if I haven't taken care of home. Amen. So, um, and my wife and I, we also travel a lot with our family. Um, we have a rule in our house that if a trip is over, um, if a trip is over one night, mm-hmm. then, um, you know, we, we usually all go together, mm-hmm. but if it's just a one day trip, mm-hmm. then, you know, I may fly to Chicago, preach and come right back. My wife will fly to Houston, preach, come right back. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, we we did a viral tour this year. We went to uh, Nigeria, Kenya, Cape Town and London. And, um, we took the kids with us everywhere we went. It's 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 taxing, mm-hmm. but it's so worth it because mm-hmm. now they feel a part of ministry. They don't feel like ministry is done in spite of them. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And one last <laughs> listener question. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've been in a relationship series Um all kinds mm-hmm. of relationships, you know, with your children, with your spouses, and, and just people um, laying down that foundation. Um, how would you describe you and Heather's marriage in a game? So whether it's a video game or a board game, how would you describe it oh. and why? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> in a game. And I'm... I mean, I might go old school. I have, I haven't, I ain't played a video game or a board game in so long. Let me see. I don't want to say Call of Duty. Okay. I was just playing. I was just playing. Let me, let me see a video game. Uh, you know what? I would probably the one that keeps sticking out to me the most is probably Tetris. Oh, okay. Um, because it's like. In our marriage, we're constantly working to make sure everything falls into place. Mm-hmm. And there are days when it feels like um, there are days when it feels like things just aren't falling into place. Mm-hmm. And those are our hard moments. Mm-hmm. And we've learned in those hard moments to um, 
not take them hard mm. and just get back up and try again harder tomorrow mm-hmm. and uh, and just keep working to make sure that everything's falling into place. You know, like Texas, when you, when you go up in levels, mm-hmm. it seems like the blocks, well, the blocks start falling faster and you yeah. have less time to put them in place. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like where we are at this point, mm-hmm. where things are happening so fast. Yeah. It's difficult to have all the blocks to fall in the same place. And it, it looks like you're going to drown because, because all the blocks are starting to pile up. Mm-hmm. But we take time now to slow down mm-hmm. and to tell ourselves, yeah. It wouldn't be so bad if everything if everything just piled up. Because mm-hmm. one thing we know that like in the game of Tetris, if it all piles up, then the next the next the next slide you're going to is a whole new game. We'll mm. be okay. Yeah. That's good. We'll be okay. Yeah. We know who's dropping the block, so we'll be fine. Yes. He already had it planned out from the beginning, so we'll be okay. Yes. That's good. <laughs> and now, what are your social media handles for people that want to go follow you? And, you know? um, so uh, Twitter and what, Twitter and Instagram, it is at this is Cornelius. At this is Cornelius, C-O-R-N-E-L-I-U-S. And Facebook is just Cornelius Lindsay. And that's Lindsay with an E-Y, not an A-Y, but... Uh, Yes, that, and then my website is CorneliusLindsay dot com, and it has all that other, all that other fun stuff on there. If you want a bio and all that stuff that people don't read, you can find it on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay because I do, I do put my guest bios with their pictures up on my website as well. Praise so. God! There we go. So it, it's on there. It's on there. I, I gotta look at my bios and make sure. It, oh, praise the Lord! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh, oh, and and tell people where they can get your book and the rest of your other books too. Yeah, you. I mean, you can get them from CorneliusLindsay uh, dot com, or you can uh, purchase them on Amazon. Uh, my newest book, When God's Hand Is On You, is on iBooks. Uh, it's also on Audible. So if you say, "Hey, I don't like to read. Uh, I just I like to listen," you can go to Audible dot com or download the Audible app or whatever it is. And, and you can uh, you can buy the book on Audible, and that way, I, I've gotten a lot of messages from people who they say I was listening to your book while while sitting in traffic, and here in Atlanta, that's mm-hmm. easy to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> you know, you can read a whole book. You can listen to a whole book sitting in Atlanta traffic. So you can, you know, if you if you say I want to listen to the book, I don't really I don't really like reading them. Then you can uh, download it off of Audible. But um, it's out there. I think it's Barnes and I mean, any place you go search for it, I'm quite sure you'll find one or two of them somewhere. <laughs> I love how you are just like, you know, they around. I mean, you gonna run across them. They around. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yes. Oh, and, and, and the church, you know, if we have um, Atlanta listeners <clears throat> or people that will be in the Atlanta area. Yeah, so the church is the Gathering Oasis Church. Our website is thegatheringoasis.com. Um, our Instagram and our Instagram handle is at thegatheringoasischurch, and you can pretty much find all the information you need there. We have um, service. We run a, an uh, auditorium uh, every Sunday at the Galloway School in, uh, in Sandy Springs, Georgia. So if you want to come, service starts at 10 a.m., if you come at ten thirty, I'm already preaching. <laughs> come at eleven o'clock, you about to miss the message. Oh, we man. have people who will show up at eleven fifteen, and they'll be like, "I'm I'm here," and I'm like, "I'm finished." <laughs> you know, 
we we get we start at ten, and uh, and and I start preaching. I start preaching probably around uh, ten twenty five, ten thirty ish, and you know we're we're usually out of there. So you know we don't we don't usually have a lot of fluff in between. It's here, boom, we're we're singing. We got some announcements. We're preaching. Yeah, but we spend a great deal of time on the uh, on the altar call. That's where we spend a good good deal of our time besides the sermon. And from there, we like to fellowship with people afterwards and give people enough time that we can just kind of talk and catch up on it, catch up, catch up with each other from the from the week. Yes, yes, and 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 I've had the opportunity um, hearing PC you guys um, preach, and he is a dynamic preacher with definitely the word of God in his mouth. So it's well worth Praise it because um, you know, of course, I heard you um, while at the Pinky Promise Conference that Sunday. So you you did awesome because I know the word was faith, freedom, and fight. So like I still yeah. refer to my notes from <laughs> that. So <laughs> Praise God. Yes. Yeah, so. And and thank you so much, PC, for, for coming and being a guest on the Evolving Chair podcast. Hopefully you'll be a friend to the show. <laughs> I'm speaking yes. that into existence. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just let me know. Let me know whenever you need me. And oh, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely I'll definitely make the way to make it happen. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, and to your assistance, um, jo- is it George Andes? Yep, George Andes. Okay, George Andes. It's all one name. It's not even his middle name. I thought for, I thought for the longest it was George, then Andes. He said, no, my my first name is George Andes. I said, well, praise the Lord. I'm going to call you G, brother. <laughs> yes, he is. He is awesome. Like you. And I wanted to yes. just let you know that. And I definitely let him know that. Praise you God. know, he, He's definitely been awesome um, in just constructing this. So, Yes, thank you again. And you definitely will get a gift from the Evolving Chair podcast. So it'll be in your mail. Well, I appreciate it. (laughs) Just to thank you for your time. (laughs) Thank you so much. And I wish nothing but the most success for for everything that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So until next time, peace. Peace. Hey, TEC listeners. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share, and rate this podcast. You can send me emails with questions, comments, and feedback to TECpodcast2017 at gmail.com, on Twitter at TECpodcast2017, IG at TECpodcast, Facebook, The Evolving Chair Podcast, or check out my website at www dot the evolving chair dot com. So go listen to me on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play.